Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Well, welcome. Great to see you again this morning. If you're new, I know that the again doesn't apply, but it's great that you're here. As Luke already said, uh, we are focusing in on Jesus because he is our life, he's our breath, he is everything to us. And, and week by week, we've been going through this summer a series, I think this is probably our eighth week in this series, looking at certain questions that God asks. It's kind of a funny thing to think about a God who already knows everything asking questions. And he does, he does know the answer already. Right? And, but it's not a rhetorical device on God's part. It's a relational one. God comes and he asks questions. Really, each time he does, it's an invitation for us to come to know him better, to draw close to him. Sometimes his questions are designed to stop us in our tracks and make us pause and think about his perspective because we've been looking at things so differently than he does. And God's quite comfortable with questions. Many ways we get uncomfortable with questions, especially probing ones that seem like they're getting into our hearts. But God knows us inside out. And as he reaches out to us relationally, answering his questions wholeheartedly, honestly responding to the Lord becomes a moment of encounter that we can have with God. And this morning we're looking at an episode from the life of Jesus where Jesus had come to be with friends whose brother had just died. We'll be looking in the Bible at the Gospel of John. It'll be the 11th chapter, verses 17 through 26. And sorry, through 27. There was a man, his name was Lazarus. And he had two sisters. One was named Mary, one was named Martha. And they were all Jesus' friends. And Lazarus had become very sick. And so his sisters had sent a message to Jesus, who was in a different town, some several days travel away. And they said to him, your friend Lazarus is sick. They were hoping that Jesus would come and heal him. But instead, Jesus didn't come in time. Lazarus died. And Jesus now comes to the family. But when he arrives, Lazarus has already been buried in the tomb for four days. So here we are in... Chapter 11, verse 17. The Bible says, on his arrival, meaning Jesus, when Jesus arrived, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany, that's the name of the town where Lazarus and Mary and Martha lived, says Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come come from Jerusalem to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And verse 20 tells us that when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. The the going out to meet him doesn't mean just down to the end of the driveway or waiting on the front porch. She got word that he was traveling and walking. She would have come out some distance of travel to meet him while he was still on his way. Presumably Martha, it's not that Martha wasn't interested in Jesus. Sorry, it wasn't. Martha went to meet Jesus. Mary stayed at home. It's not that Mary didn't care about meeting Jesus. She's got all these other people who've come to the house. For Martha to go meet Jesus, she had to leave the house and everyone else who was there to go some distance to meet him while he was walking to their house. Verse 21 gives us a snapshot of their conversation. And it says this, 
Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's the question God asks in this passage. Do you believe this, Martha? And she replies this way, verse 27. Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come in to the world. Jesus asked this question. Do you believe this? It's kind of a funny question to ask somebody who, for all accounts, by all evidence, was a believer in Jesus at that time. She was a friend. She was, She's saying all the right things in this conversation. To be a person of faith, someone who, in the midst of tragedy and loss, is still somehow relying on the Lord. Because she says things like, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. She's saying, look, I know that you could do anything. And if you were here, you would have healed him. And she says, even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And then she says again, I know he'll rise again the last day. I mean, this is not a person who lacks faith, is it? Are we tracking together? I mean, Martha seems like someone who sincerely believes in and trusts Jesus. She's looking to Jesus. So Jesus, why are you like getting in her grill, getting in her face about this? She just lost her brother. And you're saying, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. That's that's a comforting promise, right? But why get so confrontational as now to say, do you believe this? I mean, that's a little bit pushy, don't you think? But that's exactly what Jesus is doing. You know, Martha seems to have all the right answers, seems to genuinely trust Jesus. But for some reason, God wants to, in essence, call her faith into focus in this very moment. And Jesus asked this question to focus her faith, I think, in a couple areas. Direction and timing. What are you believing for? Who are you believing in? And what about right now? Here's what I mean. When it comes to really trusting the Lord, we're not believing in something. We're relying on someone. And Jesus makes it personal about himself. I am the resurrection. This is about me. Whatever is happening in your life, it's got to be about Jesus. And the other area that he's focusing her faith is that today is the day that our faith needs to be expressed. That there's something about the moment in which we say, yes, right now, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. I believe this about him. And the faith 
has to be about applying in today's situation the things that we know are true about Jesus. So let's look at those kind of one at a time. Firstly, our faith is focused on Jesus. Our faith must be focused, centered on Jesus himself. Jesus says these, really these two things that point us in the direction of himself. He says, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Do you hear the grief and the cry that's there? You were too late, Lord. But Jesus says, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Secondly, he says, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus is turning her focus away from her brother, away from the timing, away from all the other situations and saying, I am. I'm the resurrection. I am. I am the life. I am your hope. I am your answer. Our faith has to be focused on the person of Jesus Christ. Look, you may have studied theology. You may not have a clue about theological stuff. But there's one thing that matters, and his name is Jesus. And it's really pretty irrelevant whether you can detail out a big systematic theology if you don't know Jesus for who he is. And if we do know Jesus for who he is, then things start to fall into place. And the universe and our place in it makes sense because he is our lives. And Martha's answer I love Martha's answer. It's just a beautiful, fabulous answer that she gives. Jesus challenges, provokes her faith, says, is this what you believe, Martha? Martha, out of all of the things you believe about God and hoping for a miracle and the way you're living your life, is this what you believe, Martha, that I am the resurrection and the life? And she answers this. She says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is to come into the world. I believe. It's a beautiful answer because she doesn't say, yes, I believe that I will live if I believe in you. She doesn't say, yes, I believe that my brother will rise again. She doesn't say, yes, I believe that I will. Really, there's not an I anything there. Her articulation of faith, her answer to Jesus is 100% about Jesus. The only part that's Martha or Lazarus or any of the rest is I believe. What do I believe? I believe that you, I believe that you are I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you are the one, the one who is to come into the world to fulfill the promise and purpose of God. And all my faith is about you, Jesus. Do you believe this? It does matter what we believe and where our faith is focused. Jesus is challenging here, I think. Really, you know, are we really focused on him in our faith? For example, it's not hard. Sometimes 
we can get kind of pulled along in a semblance of faith by the people who are around us. You know, you may have been, you may have known somebody who was part of this church. Some of you have found this church because you're looking on the website for a church. Some of you have come here because you met somebody and you knew somebody. They invited you. You saw something in a person's life that you said, wow, that's attractive. That's Jesus in them. I want, I want to be around that. I want to be around more of that. And, and maybe in starting to come here to Mercy Hill, you felt like, hey, I belong. This is a place where, where I can fit. That's a good thing. We want that. You know, you say, you look around, you say, well, some, maybe not a lot of people who look like me here, but I can still find a place. And, and as you've done that, maybe you've gotten involved even in serving in this family that we call the church. But don't miss Jesus's challenge here. Don't miss it that Jesus comes to his own friend and challenges her about the content and extent of her trust in himself. Is our faith really focused on and rooted in, centered on Jesus? Or have you kind of gotten a little swept up in the activity of the church? Because Jesus gets personal with Martha. He comes in right at a moment where probably felt a bit intrusive. And he's telling her that he's the resurrection, he's the life, but he goes beyond comforting to challenging. And he says, do you believe this? And that's the question of faith. Many times that question comes to us in the form of circumstances. You may not have an audible voice from the person of Jesus standing in front of you talking to you. But things come around us in our life and they're asking this challenging question. Do you really believe that Jesus is all in all? Do you really believe Jesus is enough? That's the question of faith. Are we just going through the motions? Or are we doing life with our trust and reliance on Jesus himself, believing this, that Jesus is the son of God, that he's the resurrection and the life, that he's the one who came to fulfill the promise and purpose of God in the world. Does that faith like saturate and bring meaning to every part of every day for us? Not always, but it can and it should. And Jesus, with this question, when God's asking, do you believe this? It's an invitation from him to come closer to him, to make that faith meaningful in every moment and every situation that we're facing. So that no matter what happens, you and I live in the confidence that our hope is in Jesus Christ and that he's faithful. You know, in talking to Martha, Jesus does show us that it matters what we believe. For Jesus, belief, believe, it's an action verb not a passive verb. It's an action verb when Jesus talks about believing, not a passive one. And there's content to our faith. There's these kind of three things that Jesus talks about that are critical truth elements to anchor our faith. And they're just these. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. They are that Jesus is the Christ. That means he's the son of God. This is kind of a crazy thing that Christians believe. Because Jesus taught us that the great God who made the heavens and the earth and everything in them, who rules over and controls history, entered into history as a human being just like you and me. That is a mind-blowing mystery. 
And this baby that was born in Bethlehem and grew up and walked and talked between Galilee and Judea and was teaching in Jerusalem and ultimately was arrested and killed on a Roman cross because he claimed to be God, rose again from the dead three days later. And he's sitting in heaven on a throne now where he waits until all his enemies are made a footstool for his feet and he's going to return to judge the living and the dead. That's a that's quite a thing to believe. And yet Jesus says to Martha before the resurrection, do you believe it? Do you believe that I am he? Do you believe that I am this one? Do you believe that all the hopes The fears, the promises and the challenges of every generation have come into focus in this moment in history because God has come down to earth in the flesh. And yes, when we say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you, we are anchoring our life, our hope, our eternity on one who died and rose again for us. It's a marvelous good news. But it can be a little hard sometimes to figure out what does that have to do with my everyday life? And that last piece that Martha has to say, that you are the one who was to come into the world, anchors the incarnation into the purpose and plan of God throughout all generations, including ours. It's saying that at just the right time, God sent his son, born as a human just like us, to fulfill all of God's requirements so that we, by believing, by putting our faith and trust in Jesus, can inherit the credit of the righteousness of his life instead of the faults and shame of our own sin. That's remarkable good news. And in saying so, we're saying with Martha, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that you are. I believe that you're the Christ. I believe that you are God come to earth. I believe you're the one who makes sense of it all and is bringing it all together forever. That's the good news. And it matters that our faith be that focused about who Jesus is and where we're putting our trust. But it's not just the who and the what. It's the when that Jesus is pressing with Martha. Because our faith has to be expressed today. And it's tempting sometimes to have a yesterday faith or a tomorrow faith. But Jesus wants you to have a today faith. Here's what I mean. When Jesus comes to Martha, what's the first thing she says to him when she meets him on the road? She doesn't say, thanks for coming. She says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Her focus is on yesterday. Well, four or five days earlier. But metaphorically, let's call it yesterday. She's her focus is on the past. It's on the thing that happened that shouldn't have happened that way. You know, our lives have those also. It might be the death of a loved one of yours. It may be the missed opportunity you're living in. It may have been the accident that happened. And just a moment, this side or that side seems like it would have changed everything. And Martha comes to Jesus To say, if you'd been here then, it would be so different now. But Jesus comes and he says, I am. And he comes in the moment of now, in today. And our faith can't be focused in the past. It has to be expressed today. And so then 
The next thing Martha says to Jesus, it's not about yesterday. It's about tomorrow. She says, I, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And she says, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And she's got a someday faith. It's a faith that somehow, someday, it'll happen. But Jesus, again, he's in the now moment. He's calling us into faith today. And he says, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. For Jesus, faith isn't past tense, and it's not future tense. It's present tense faith. And he calls and challenges us in faith today. That today is the day to express our faith in Jesus. There's not another day tomorrow, later on, once I've finished school, or once I've gotten my promotion, or once we get out of debt better, that's when I'm going to really start following Jesus. Jesus comes today and says, do you believe this? Do you really believe, do you believe that I'm the son of God? That I'm the one who came down and the resurrection and the life? I'm the one who is your life today. Let's live it today, brothers and sisters. If you're looking with a life where you're looking backwards and saying, oh God, you were too late. If you just come in earlier, it would have made all the difference. I'm telling you, Jesus is still a difference maker today. Today, he's the resurrection and the life. Today, he is our hope. Today, he's the one who was to come into the world. When Martha expresses it there, when she responds to Jesus and she says, yes, Lord, I believe. She's saying you are the son of the Christ, the son of God, the one who was to come into the world. She's saying, I recognize that, God, your timing is the right timing and that you're the one who's come now. You make sense out of it all. You are the one who brings the purpose into the present. Many times you and I, we compartmentalize our lives, you know, and it's easy to have say, yep, I believe in Jesus when it's Sunday morning and we're together. For some of us, I remember for me uh, a time when I was back in college and I was I was working as an EMT and I had a pager. They had pagers way back then. And they were they were old school. This was 1980s. They were old school. It was a radio pager would squawk this big sound. And then there someone on the other end of dispatch would say something you couldn't understand because it just squawked out and you have to call in on a walkie talkie. And, and I really loved it, actually, because when I was in cl- I'd go to class kind of wearing a uniform. If there was an emergency call on campus, my page would go off. I'd get to leave class. I mean, I'd have to leave class. And, you know, it would go. And I remember there were occasions where I was in my dorm room. I was reading my Bible. The pager would go off. I'd drop my Bible. I'd go out. I'd run an emergency call. I would not think about the Lord one time while I was out on the call. And here I was, I was reading my Bible. And as soon as the pager went off, my attention went 100% from this to this. And off I went to do my thing. I go to my job and it's like I left the Lord in my dorm room. That's metaphorical. God was not trapped in my dormitory room. But as far as my own awareness and consciousness went, it's like I went and did my job as if I didn't believe in the Lord at all. And Jesus, in, in challenging Martha this way and hearing her response back, it's showing us he wants to be our one and only all the time. Whether we're 
at home doing a quiet time or reading your Bible, whether we're here, whether we're out in our job, whether we're facing conflict, whether we're going to the doctor because we have a health challenge of our own, through it all, I believe you are the Son of God, the Christ, the one who is to come into the world. So if you are compartmentalizing in your life, whether it's past to future and you're missing Jesus today, or whether in the midst of today you can get so busy that you leave Jesus behind, I want to challenge you, just like Jesus did. Because Jesus is not being rude to Martha. He's not being uncompassionate or insensitive to Martha shortly after her brother died. He's bringing her to her only real hope. What you and I need most is Jesus. And we're not helping any situation by postponing him or stiff-arming him or keeping him at a distance. Now, Martha, in this moment, I mean, we read it in verse 17, 18. Many people, friends, perhaps relatives, have come from out of town. She's surrounded by well-meaning, genuine people who care about her in her time of loss. But Jesus inserts himself to say there's one thing that's more important, and it's what you believe about me. Because whatever you and I are facing or going through, it needs to be about Jesus. Regardless of the situation of our life, here's the two issues of faith that are central and critical for you and me. The first is this. Is my faith centered on Jesus himself? Is he really the focus for my faith? And secondly, am I expressing that faith today? Like Corey was telling us earlier. Did you catch that? He says, I have to remind myself of this every day. Today is the day of faith. How will I live today in a way that expresses my trust that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? You know, one of the habits, the disciplines that we have as a congregation and a family together is sharing communion each Sunday. And each time that we share communion, we're making this declaration that Martha made. We're saying, yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe you're the Christ. You're the son of God. You're the one who came into the world at just the right time to fulfill the promise and to complete the purpose. When we share communion, we're making a declaration that today again, yes, Lord, I believe. Today is going to be a day that I live for you. You know, we declare that we believe that he's the Christ, he's the Son of God. And we say that in the face of, it's kind of in the face of the scandal of the cross. How could God let himself be killed? The shame of the cross is something that as Christians we've come to embrace. Because Jesus himself did not scorn that shame. And instead, he embraced it for you and for me. And in communion, as we take the bread and we take the cup, we are declaring his death until he comes again. And we're saying, as for me, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ. You're the son of God. You're the one who was to come into the world. So, Corey, if you and the musicians could come up and lead us in song. Uh, We have some ushers who are going to help pass some trays with some bread and with some cups of juice. And if you're a believer in Jesus, this is a way for you to affirm that. In essence, to respond to Jesus, when Jesus says, do you believe this? You're responding like Martha to say, 
Yes, Lord, I believe. If you're not a Christian, then go ahead and just pass that past you. Don't participate if it doesn't express that actual affirmation of faith on your part, that you believe that Jesus is God. But today could be the day where for the first time you make that affirmation, where you say, yes, Lord, I believe. And I make that an invitation, whether you've been coming to Mercy Hill for for years, whether you've grown up in a Christian family, whether you've never heard about Jesus before you were here today. This act is a tangible expression of an inward faith. And and the guys are going to go ahead and pass these. I'll keep talking. I'll lead us in prayer. Just go ahead and take some of the bread and the juice. Thanks, Cindy. But as we receive these elements, physically, chemically, they're just bread and juice. But there's a profound moment of grace that comes to us when we mingle faith in Jesus Christ with action. So, Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord, in the various situations that we face, the disappointments, the challenges, the confusion that we have, when it seems like you could have done it better if you'd just done it differently, Lord, we choose this morning to say, yes, Lord, we believe. Yes, Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life today.